Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Andrew Flaxman. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I just wanted to share a verse. Uh, it's in uh, the book of Matthew. It's chapter uh, 13, verse 19. And uh, God's word's so powerful. It's so powerful. And uh, the devil doesn't want us reading the Bible. Just so you know, the devil doesn't want you to read the Bible. He'll, you'll go to read it and your phone will ring. Or you'll go to read it and you'll, oh, I might check something and you'll end up looking at you know, cowboys shooting down trees in Texas because you just got diverted. What, you know, the, the bo- anyone? Never happened? <laughs> Me either. Uh, no, but you know, you know you end up at YouTube and you just, you, watch, you know, every, I, just, I might just watch one YouTube and you start by watching something that you want to watch and then like 45 minutes later, you're watching something else just so random to what you, you know. Anyway, so... Uh, what happens is I have found that the, the devil will do anything he possibly can to stop the word of God getting inside you. Now it says here in uh, uh, chapter 13, book of Matthew, uh, verse 19, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. The Bible, it says, and I wrote it, I know it says, the word of God is so powerful that when the word of God is sown and the recipient does not understand, the devil comes immediately and snatches away or steals what was already just sown. So even, it says here in verse 19, even if the, the person that the word is, is shared with doesn't understand the word that was already sown. So, you know, the, the, the word of God here is, it's, it's like, uh, you, that what you who's ever found that that when you go to read your Bible, it's like oh I go to and then all of a sudden this happens. All of a sudden I get a mind. Oh, I better go and do this, and I'll come back and do it. But you ne- you know, uh, let's go if you can come with me to uh, John chapter three. And uh, who loves to flick through their Bibles? It's pretty cool. Anyone? Doug has a Bible. It says here in uh, John chapter three verse sixteen. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Who's ever, who's ever heard that verse? You know, when you go to the baseball, there's always a guy holding up John 3.16, you know, when you're driving down the freeway, there's always some guy holding up John, you know. It says here, verse 17, whoever, without looking, who knows verse 17? Anybody? 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 Nathan Cairns does, because he's a genius. He knows everything. What's a denarius? Uh, Day's wages, you got it. Uh, verse 7, it says, For God, he's good, Nathan can't. I remember I preached that message. I said, You know what a denarius is? And I went, uh. Nathan goes, It's a day's wages. I went, Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, he's got it. Uh, it says, Verse 7, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God did not send his son into the world to condemn. Is that so amazing that there's a lot of people say, who's ever said, I can't go to church because as soon as I walk through church, you know, the, the building would fall over and it'd burn up and we'd all, you know, we'd all, it says here in God, 
so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 is God's heart. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. The Bible says that we are made in God's image. We are, the church is his body. Ephesians says that the church is the, the Lord's body. It says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn. What I want to say is that us as a church, as a people, when we're going out to the, to the lost, to the hurting, you know, who's, who, for years and years and years, um, you know, people say, oh, the church points its finger and the church, you know, accuses me. Who knows that the devil is the one who's called the accuser. The devil's the one that go around and points. Oh, I feel, you know, God says here, that Jesus, don't you love that? Jesus, when he was here on earth, uh, hung out with sinners. I love that. I love that Jesus hung out, you know, it says at parties and he was, you know, eating and drinking with sinners and all the religious Pharisees of the day used to get, you know, all their, you know, uh, so offended that this guy was hanging out with sinners. But I love that. I love that about God that he came not for the hoity-toity, but, you know, he came for the ones that nobody else wanted. He came for the ones that nobody else wanted to reach out to. And uh, it says here that we, he might not condemn them. Let's come with me if we can to, um, this is what I want to preach out of tonight, actually 1 Kings. Uh, who's ever read Kings? It's a story of um, a guy I know. Who's ever read Kings? Does anyone know who wrote Kings? Anyone? Nathan? No one. Anyone? No? Got nothing? No. I think it was Ezra. Yeah. Ezra. Someone, someone check out the old Google. Ezra. I think Samuel wrote one and two Samuel. Anyone? Yeah. Kings. I think Kings was written by either Ezra and I think Chronicles was Nehemiah. Anyone? Anyone? Am I just making this up? I don't know. Does anyone, does anyone check that in the old Google? Yeah. Anyway, come back to that. Jeremiah. Who was Chronicles? Okay. Could have been Ezra. Jeremiah. Is that right? Jeremiah wrote 1 Kings. Who knew that? Yeah. So, Jeremiah? We're on the same page? And who wrote... Chronicles. There you go. Yeah, I got one. And uh, you know what I love to do? I don't know if, uh, you know, I love to do trivia, Bible trivia, because it just opens stuff up that you'd never read about. And uh, you go, oh, wow, yeah, seven archers. He had sons. Yeah, great. Okay, let's, uh, anyway, I love Jono. Jono, me and Jono always talk about, Jono says, is it trivia? It's Bible? Bible can't be trivia. Oh, okay. Um, Anyway. (laughs) I didn't know what I was talking about either. <laughs> Come with me to 1 Kings uh, chapter 18. And uh, I'm, I remember, Rach, we did a, uh, uh, I, in chapter 18, there's a verse in 32, uh, 33, and it says, uh, cut the bull. And I remember at SG one time, that's all right, we did a message called cut the bull. And uh, wow, that's a bit edgy and a little groundbreaking. And uh, I have no idea what it was about, but I just remember yelling, you know, to all the young people, you know, and uh, what did he preach on tonight, Johnny? And uh, anyway, cut the ball. So if you're that's talking about Elijah, but remember that James? Was that amazing? 
Yeah, that's good. How did he do that? Let's read here. It's in uh, 1 Kings chapter uh, 18, verse uh, 41. It's talking about a, a young man called Elijah. And uh, let's read it. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, verse 41, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain, just like tonight. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. I just want to um, give you a little bit of backstory tonight on this guy. He, uh, who's, who knows the story? Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Uh, prophets back in the day had a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, been a little bit more aggressive maybe than a lot of pastors today. Maybe I'm not sure, but he one man takes on uh, 450 prophets and he sets up, uh, you know, an altar saying, "Whoever's God, uh, responds and burns it up by fire. Uh, they're the one true God." And uh, Elijah, all the all the prophets of Baal, they cut themselves, they chant, they do whatever they need to do, and uh, nothing happens. And then Elijah gets up and uh, and he prays, and then God comes down and uh, and the fire is he puts in water. Who loves it? He puts water around the whole thing and makes it as wet as it can possibly be. Yeah, you know, so there's no chance. So that was just a coincidence. And then uh, and then it, it goes up. And then it says here uh, before 41 in verse um, 40. And said, then Elijah took all these 450 prophets down and it said he executed them. Flip, Elijah. And uh, just, you know, imagine, you know, imagine like Pastor Phil comes back and takes on one guy and the other guy and then takes 450 guys down. And uh, my Bible says the word executed them there. I mean, flip, Elijah is just this. Then it says here in verse 4, it says, go up, eat and drink, uh, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And as I was praying about this message that the Lord was sort of sharing with me, that I hear in this church the sound of abundance of people. I hear the sound of, you know, whole, whole regions and whole towns and whole streets coming into this house on a Sunday, on a Sunday night. Uh, as I'm praying about it, Elijah's here and he's praying, he's saying he hears the abundance of rain. But uh, I hear in this church right here, right now, for, for the next, while we're here, I believe that God is calling us as a church to go out there and be the love, be the peace, be the joy that people are, are searching for. Who's ever um, been a, a tough time and someone shakes your hand and they're, they're full of love and you just feel like, uh, oh, just hug me, give me a hug, just, you know. And, and do you know that the, the, the world is out there, whether they know it, that there's this emptiness, there's this gap on the inside of us that uh, without God they can't. Uh, they can't feel. So there's a sound of abundance of rain. 42 says, So Ahab went out to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Who, I, I, as I was reading through that, the top of Carmel, I love, I think I like that, that Elijah didn't go halfway. Who knows, it could have gone halfway, could have gone you know, a quarter up, it could have gone you know, two thirds up. Who knows that Elijah says he went to the top of Carmel. I, I, I just so impressed by people that go all the way, you know, instead of just saying, oh, this is close enough, this is good enough, that should be, that should be okay. Uh, I just, just so impressed by people. And it says here, went all the way, and that says, and Elijah bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. It's talking about Elijah prayed and who knows, uh, there's so many Christians out there that are just beat up. There's just so many Christians out there go, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love God. Yeah, I'm all for this. But then inside they're beat up. They're black. They're blue. You know, their, their, their life doesn't, dry, you know, every, every time I start my car, it blows up. Or every time I get a job, I get fired. Who's ever met Christians that say, I'm a Christian? Uh, and they just feel, you know, who, who's ever been beat up as a Christian? You try and step out somewhere. 
and, uh, and all of a sudden it just blows up and you go, oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be right. Here I am, God, trying to do something amazing for you. And then I step out and everything goes against me. Ever, the Bible says that uh, heaven's, heaven suffers violence, but violent men lay hold of it. I was reading about that scripture, how that the kingdom of God literally advances on the shoulders of those men and women that will actually take hold of what God has for their lives. Who knows what I'm saying? I saw that. It says, uh, like, you know, how many times do you go, oh, well, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I hear this term all the time. Oh, it's trying to keep up, just trying to stay up with the times. Do you know that uh, God is the God that doesn't try and keep up with the times? God is not the God that goes, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. So you know that God's the guy that sets the trends. God's the guy that goes before. God's the guy that, you know, is the, the you know, I just, so when you get connected, we get connected to this almighty God. Imagine the, you know, the dial, all the stuff that we can be downloading you know, oh yeah, it's just a worship time. Yeah, great, great. You know, we've got the God of heaven that created the heavens and the earth and we've got this unbelievable opportunity to connect with, with God. Um, I just think that's so amazing. And he says, so, so uh, you know, Elijah says he is a man of prayer and I believe that uh, people who try and say that they're Christians, yet one of the things that you hear about Jesus in the Bible is that the only thing that Jesus often did was to re- withdraw and to pray. The only, like Jesus didn't say that he often withdrew and taught his disciples. He often withdrew and, you know, uh, prayed for somebody or often withdrew and did a miracle. He often withdrew and did this. Now, the only thing that when you read through the Gospels in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, hold my horse while I get on. Um, when you read through the Gospels that the only thing Jesus did often was that he went by himself to pray. Now, that tells me that you know, if Jesus came from earth, God, Jesus, Father, Son, and often withdrew to pray, to pray that tells me there's a power, there, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a power involved when we, you know, when God's called us to pray. God's called us to not make excuses, not, you know, say, oh, I'm too busy. You know, the, the, the Christians that say they're too busy, they're the, they're the ones beat up. I don't want to be a beat up Christian. I don't want to be one of those guys who go, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm behind it. I'm always behind it. Everyone's always at me. I want to be the guy that's, you know, instead of getting beat up, not even, I don't want to be the guy that's level with it. I want to be the guy that's like attacking I want to be the guy that's like, you know, shaking, shaking the gates. And I want to be the guy that says, you, 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 know, this, this, you know, the Bible says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Who wants to be that? I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, well, you'll, never, you'll never do that. You'll never get here. No, the Bible says that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Who knows that there's some Christians around that maybe aren't living up to what God has called them to live up to. Who knows that God has called us not to be, you know, oh, under battle, but God's, the Bible's full. God's called us to be victors. God's called us to be overcomers. God's called us to be the head only and not the tail. Who knows what I'm saying? I love that. God's called us to prayer. What's so powerful about prayer? Prayer is, is a connection between us and God. And the Bible says that what God says happens. Who knows that when God says, uh, let there be, there's light. When God gives you a word, when you go to pray about this situation or that or whatever it is, uh, God will give you a word and uh, powerful prayer. I tell you, uh, I encourage you this week, spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe, maybe even 40 minutes uh, in a room, on the beach, whatever it is, with no phones. Who knows that sometimes phones are amazing and I love them. 
and it's like having an office in my pocket, like a virtual office. Uh, but who knows that uh, sometimes they can be the devil's handiwork because they stop us from doing everything. Uh, uh, It says here, verse 43, So his servant said, Go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked, and then he said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Sometimes we need to pray more than once. Sometimes we need to pray more than twice. Sometimes we need to pray more than three times. No, no, I I prayed. No, I prayed. God doesn't want to happen. No, not gonna. No, I prayed twice. Yeah, no, it's just done. No, I prayed. It's all over. Yeah. Who knows that Elijah, the man of prayer, didn't pray once. He just had this amazing, didn't pray once. You know, oh, I, I, I'm believing for healing. Oh, sorry, Pastor, we prayed for him. No, nah, it didn't happen. God said no. It's either yes or no. Who knows that God's given us authority. To, the Bible says in Luke about the um, persistent widow that uh, she just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And what happened? The judge said, I don't fear God. I don't fear man. But because this woman keeps coming, I'm just going to give her whatever she... You know, I believe that God's called us to pray. It didn't work the first time. Well, it's got, might not, it's, it's gonna, we're going to do it again. And then we're, we're going to do it again. And then we're going to do it again. I love, it, says, it says, there is nothing. I think, God, I think God laughs and wants sometimes nothing to be in our lives before we go to Him and pray. It says in uh, Romans that God is the God. Come with me, Romans 4, 7. Put your, put, your, put your notepad or something, a marker there. And come with me to Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. I love this about God, of who He is. It says here, chapter 4, verse 17. Tell me when you're there. You're there. God gives life to the dead. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God, who is God? He is the God who gives life to the dead. Something's dead, I don't mind. If something's dying, I don't mind. If something's, you know, oh, that's not what I... No, God is the God. You know, when Lazarus uh, died, they came to Lazarus and said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is about to die. And Jesus said, that's great, yeah. And uh, three, days, three days passed, Lazarus dies and the disciples are going, why didn't you go and what happened? He's dead now. The Bible says that God is the God that gives life to the dead. Love that. And calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God calls things that aren't yet as if they are. So when there's, it says, and go back again to 1 Kings, it's, the servant says, Elijah said, what do you see? He says, there's nothing. I see nothing. Seven times Elijah prayed. Love that. God is into nothing. The Bible says that nothing's impossible with God. So when you're connected with the Lord, that tells me that God, it's impossible for God to do nothing with your life. If nothing's impossible with God, if God's in your life, it's impossible for God to do nothing. Come with me to um, keep going down. It says, verse 44, Then it came to pass the seventh time, and he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Uh, Let's come with me to, uh, if you have your Bible still open, come with me to Joshua chapter 6. Who likes this guy? Like Joshua. Who's ever read Joshua? Thank you. Now Jericho, chapter 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, 
and none came in. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Who knows God does that? Who knows that that's how God wants you to think? Who knows that that's, that's what God does? Verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. It says, None went out and none came in. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's like, what? If I'm Joshua, I'm pulling up to take on the battle of Jericho and I see a huge city, big walls, locked up tight, blinds down, bins in, you know, just this fortress of a place. And you can see Joshua going, like you can see him at this big gate, just, it's in, you know, securely shut up, the Bible says. No one out, no one went in. And, and you can see God going, see, I gave it to you. He's there going, what? Big wall. It's like, God, I can imagine Joshua going and just coming back to his army guys and kicking helmets and throwing arrows and going, oh, am I going to get in now? Don't, you know, we, you know, we look at it and go, how? We, you know, the, the God says, see, I've given. When Joshua's there looking at it, it doesn't look like God's given it to him. What it looks like is a city, like securely shut up, so so you know, so locked down that that you know. It, God, Joshua's not going, yeah, God, thanks, man. You gave it to me. That, yeah, it's already burning. People are on, you know, people are running. There's, there's doors. There's, you know, the Bible says that it's, it's securely shut up. And Joshua says, see, I have already given it into your hand. Who knows that when God calls you to do something or God calls you to go somewhere or, or uh, to start a connect group or whatever it is, that it might look like there's nothing there. It might look like, man, there's nothing here. And then God said, or, or God said, I, I've called you to, to do this. And you go, God, it's so big. God, I can't, it's all locked up. But God says, in my Bible, New King James, it says, see with an exclamation point, like God's there going, see, I've, I've given it to you. And, uh, and Joshua's there going, oh, okay. Uh, you know that what we see and what God sees are completely sometimes not the same. And God calls us to see what God sees. You know, sometimes what we see is a little bit tainted or a little bit, you know, oh, I, I see off my offences, I see off this. But who knows that what God sees and what God says uh, is completely opposite. It says here, let's go down just one more moment. It says, now it happened in the meantime, the sky was black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. And so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Verse 46, this is such an awesome verse. It says, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Who's ever read that? It says, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins or he tucked in his, I think the new NIV says he tucked in his um, belt to his something and, uh, and ran ahead. He actually ran, there's a chariot, King Ahab chariot, had a lot of horses. And uh, Elijah, it says the Bible said he ran ahead of Ahab, just supernaturally empowered to run. Who's watching the Olympics? Supernaturally empowered to run really fast. And when he'd, he'd get there, he'd be, he'd be there. And as we invite the band up just to close, that my prayer tonight is that uh, it says the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah 
and uh, he ran faster than he could normally run. And my prayer tonight for this house is that when we go out into our towns, when we go out into our universities, when we go out into our cities, when we go out into our families, when we go out into, into wherever we go, it wouldn't be my strength. It wouldn't be my amazing ability to negotiate or my amazing ability to, uh, to, to get someone into God's house, but it'd be by the hand of the Lord came upon me. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.